In today's show, Diane and I will interview teachers from all over the United States about their experiences at the Enstoy National Conference on Teacher Leadership. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Education for a Better World podcast. I'm Mike Soskel. And I'm Diane Smokorowski. Each week, we will bring you conversations with some of the most dynamic thought leaders in education. This week's episode is sponsored by GoToScience, a tool that allows our youngest learners the opportunity to learn by going on adventures without leaving their classroom. We know that education will be the driving force for a bright, optimistic future. On each show, we'll introduce you to innovative ideas, we'll stretch your thinking, and help you see ways to empower students to affect positive change in the world. We are thrilled that you are coming along with us on this journey. Let's dream big. Hi, everyone. Diane and I are here at the National Teacher Leadership Conference. Uh, right now we're in Orlando, Florida, and this is going to be a live show. We're just going to interview people that are walking by and, uh, and talk to them about their experience. And the best part about it is that we get to connect with people that we are already excited about the work they're doing in their schools, but maybe some new ideas they can take back. So we are going to kick off by talking with Amy Weems from Louisiana. So Amy, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Amy Weems. I am the Louisiana Teacher of the Year for 2013. I shared that great experience with Miss Smoke over here. And I am currently working in higher education as an assistant professor for future teachers. And I do consulting work in a district uh, that I love. So what's been your biggest takeaway so far from the conference? So I was just in a session that was really impactful about giving quality feedback to support growth. And I realized that the quality of the feedback that we give to teachers is also the things that we're looking for in them to give that feedback that drives student growth. So there's so many parallels there, and it helps me realize the importance of the feedback that I give to our teacher candidates. Did you learn any strategies that stood out? Absolutely. Keeping it grounded in the, the big, powerful practices that you were looking for, trying to make it something that is actionable, that's not so personal, um, but also really connecting it to how it impacts the students. Fantastic. And then who else do we have with us here today, Mike? And uh, right behind Amy, we have Brian McDaniel from California. So Brian, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm the 2018 California Teacher of the Year and 2019 Global Teacher Prize Top 50 finalists. I teach music in Desert Hot Springs, California. Uh, it's in the Southern California. And I absolutely love what I do. My big takeaway was hearing Tammy Jerkin's story, how she mentored and supported a student to the point where that student's part of her family. And it was literally, I'm not afraid to say it, I was crying my eyes out <laughs> when her son came up and gave her a hug and stood next to her. And you could see really how a teacher can make a life, you know, totally blossom where this boy was sat down destitute. And in a lot of ways, through love and support, she built a bridge that's gonna last a lifetime. And those are the type of impacts I'm interested in making back home. So, I was crying with you, Ron. Just <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you do in your classroom. So in my classroom, um, my group's called The Regiment. It's more social-emotional learning based than music. Um, we have our kids promote leadership within. The kids make all the decisions on what songs we're going to play and 
what direction the, the program's going. But in a lot of ways, my students are their brother's keeper. No one eats lunch alone. We protect each other. Probably the best story I have is these kids were uh, going to bully one of my music students. And they came up to the table to do something. And all of a sudden, 50 individuals stood up and said, no, this is not happening today. You could join us. And believe it or not, those bullies became band kids and are part of the bigger group. And I mean, that gives me hope for the future, that if we could bring people together through music, that anything's possible. That's fantastic. And we're having a few more people pop by. Yeah. Come so on come over, in. friends. So next we have Kara Ball. So Kara, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and where you're from. Uh, I am from the Department of Defense Education Activity. I'm a K-5 STEM teacher, but I'm actually in the process of transitioning to Baltimore City Schools, and I'm going to be their ed specialist overseeing elementary science and STEM. Cool. So what have been your big takeaways from the conference so far? So I went to a session this morning, um, and my biggest takeaway, and probably the biggest takeaway every time I come to these conferences, but it's a nice reminder, we started talking about how we could make connections with the community, and if we could build those connect connect connections, who do we want to talk to? And we all started listing these businesses and these organizations. And, and then somebody in our group, and Diana was actually your, uh, your group that I was with, just wrote our own teachers. And for whatever reason, it just kind of stuck in me. I was like, yeah, we have these incredible resources down the halls and in school buildings all around the U.S. And we sometimes forget that those are the, those are the people that we need to tap into. Those are the people we need to collaborate with. So coming to conferences like the National Network for State Teachers of the Year, reminds me of just how remarkable the educators are in the U.S. and how often I don't get to collaborate with them. That's awesome. You know, Mike, what about you? What's been a takeaway for you? You know, coming to these spaces, it's always amazing to be around so many people that inspire you, right? And, and the sessions have been great, and I've gotten a lot out of the different sessions that I've gone to, but the most impactful thing for me has been strengthening the relationships that I already had with, with incredible teachers, and also learning from people new in those one-on-one -on -one corner conversations where the two of you have a cup of coffee somewhere, or you, 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 know, you meet someone uh, at a table that you've never met before because you happen to sit down next to each other, and the next thing you know, you're having this great conversation about what we can do for kids, and um, you know, how we can empower every student to be successful. And, and I, love, I love those kinds of spaces, right? Like that's, that's what gives you the fuel to go and advocate for kids and, um, you know, and speak up to, to make sure that every kid is getting what they need. And you know, this conference is very unique. It is unique compared to other conferences that I've attended. You know, you and I go to ISTE just about every year and it's, it feels very fast and furious. You're, you're pulling input from about every time you turn your head around. There's a new toy, there's a new gadget, there's a new conversation. It's just, I don't know if frantic's the right word, but it definitely feels high-paced. Mm -hmm. Here, your brain moves quickly, but it's a deeper kind of, of speed, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I think other conferences that you go to tend to be focused on content or tools, right? You know, yeah. if you're an English teacher, you go to the, you know, whatever state level English language arts conference and you talk about that. But at this teacher leadership conference, the conversations are much more philosophical. How do we impact the system to make sure that every child is successful? Have you, have you found that also, Karen? I think the, the, the thing that I, I recognize and realize is that they're ongoing. The conversations that we started last year, which was my first time attending this conference, are still ongoing this year. We kind of sort of keep picking up where we left off or reconnecting with new people. I had the opportunity last year, I got connected with Understood and applied to be part of their uh, inaugural fellowship class. 
So I'm at this conference this year with four of those fellows that I met because of the opportunity that was created during this conference. And now I get to be here recommending teachers to, part, to participate in the second year of that fellowship. But it's those conversations that don't just stop when we leave. We just kind of, they keep going and keep building because of the relationships that we've been. When we talk about relationships with our students all the time, it's the relationships that you build in this conference that are different than the other conferences. They're not a one and done. They are building and expanding and like concentric circles going out because you do one thing and then they introduce you to three more people who then introduce you to four more people and your, your reach and your growth just extends beyond what you could even imagine. Yeah. And it's more of a conversation of how do we improve the profession? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's not an I, it's a we. That's yeah. the part that I like about that. And, you know, Mike, you and I have been connected for so long. Yeah, over a decade. And then how our own circles have expanded to where we're now in this larger group together. We Those concentric circles are a good you know, example. A pebble was dropped 11 years ago, 11, 12 years ago, and then now how they've crisscrossed yeah. to see how we can make magic everywhere, right? Well, you know, one of the things about being a teacher leader, right, you know, and all of us should be leaders within the profession in, in the things that we care about and the things that we're experts in. But when you step into leadership roles, it's often very isolating. And it feels like you're swimming upstream. And then you come to a place like this where you're surrounded by other people who are swimming upstream too. And right. now you've got a pack, right? That's like, it. And, it. and it protects you. And it, and it makes you feel like you've got like a tribe, a family, however you want to describe it. And, it. and it allows you to step back into those spaces where you're a little more isolated. But know that you've got the support of these hundreds of other teachers who are, who are pushing you to be better. And you know, one of my favorite people just walked in the room. You all need to meet Zudani. Come on right. over, Zudani. Come on over, yeah. Zudani, nice to meet you. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. So tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and where you're from. So my name is Zudani Nunez-Fernandez. I teach uh, design and architecture senior high. I've been teaching for 16 years. I teach world history. And she's from Miami. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So you're local. Did you drive? Uh, actually, I didn't. I flew. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. <laughs> Not too yeah. bad at all. I, I like that. So what's been your biggest takeaway so far? So my biggest takeaway has been um, the fact that you are doing a profession where you kind of do feel by yourself in the classroom. It's what you do and what you like. But having the opportunity to see and hear from individuals who are taking it to the next level and showing you how they're doing it and the amazing programs that they're utilizing in their classrooms and how you two can tap into those things and create this uh, community of like-minded people that you can touch the shoulders with and have the same kind of community feeling that you're looking for your students to have as they move forward in life that we oftentimes don't get to have in the classroom because we're doing things on our own. And you came here to share your story about the Lead for Change. Why don't you explain the Lead for Change program? So Lead for Change program is a leadership empowerment um, program that provides students with leadership skills that they will then in turn use to inspire change within their community at large. And so um, it's a free program and it was created by David Novak and the Taking People With You book. And the concepts of leadership, true collaboration, community, you know, uh, communication, uh, taking people with you, knowing who are the great people that you can tap shoulders with and combine um, and work together through uh, whatever issues it is that you see in your community or in your world at large and use those steps and those skills to better approach these things and try to find solutions for them and in turn create 
yourself into the best version of yourself and uh, empower yourself with skills that you can use in any environment. Tell us a little bit of it. Have you seen this work with your own students? I have. I've actually been using this program for the last six years in my classroom and I have seen a phenomenal breakthrough in my students because I teach ninth graders who come from a tri-county area. I teach in a magnet school and interestingly enough they come to the school and they're all alone because they're coming from everywhere and so they've got to learn to navigate growing up coming into a school that requires a lot out of them. It's an art and design program and it's intense and on top of that they've also got to figure out how to you know how to be a person in a big world, you know, this small fish in a big pond. And this has provided my students with the sensation of, I can do what I am given skills to do something with. I can accomplish whatever thing we set out to do. And so I've seen everything from my students advocating for human trafficking, my students advocating for hunger within their own school system, within their own peers, um, and getting those students you know, meals so that they are not dependent only on what's provided at school for free. And probably the most moving of those um, has been last year, unfortunately, after the Parkland shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, um, my students were personally impacted. We have a student who lost her childhood best friend. And um, I think that as educators, we are all impacted when things like that happen. It just feels closer and closer to home. Unfortunately, this time around, it was a little too close um, to home. And my students uh, utilize the skills that they learned through this program. And they completely grabbed what was this huge problem that everyone was feeling. And honestly, you know, thoughts and prayers were wonderful. But... The idea of change really needed to happen and it needed to start now and we couldn't wait for the next thing to happen and with these skills they used them and they created major change and they approached one of the multifaceted issues surrounding school shootings um, particularly mental health awareness and they created um, a campaign pushing um, for children not to stall on uh, on seeking help for mental health awareness and uh, for seeking help for themselves to help try to avoid these things from being the norm. And what's interesting is her students designed boards, uh, message boards, that would be in every single middle school and high school bathroom stall throughout the Miami-Dade School District. Wow. And, and when you think, like, I mean, that's what we want from our kids. We want them to take the learning that happens in school and to apply it to real-world problems to make the world a better place. And it seems like your students are doing just that. They are. They really are. And as the fourth largest district in the United States, um, they've impacted, you know, 440,000 students' lives because they now have access to this information. And they, they set out with this big goal and they accomplished it. And now we have had the opportunity to share our story. And we've impacted a school in Oregon, another school in North Carolina, and now they're changing this uh, and hoping that every state out there taps into this that they have done and, and hopefully they're able to impact more and more students like themselves. And you get to do that at the conferences like this, Mike. Right. This is the kind of conversations you're having, yeah. I love it. Hey, Mike, another great teacher has come in the room. One of my favorite Illinois teachers, Miss Lynn one my, Gaddis. One of my favorite teachers anywhere. So, uh, Lynn, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was a... I, live in Illinois, and I was a teacher and a teacher leader for 35 years, 
retired, flunked retirement about three times, and now I am finally retired and almost age 70. So um, it's a whole different world for me now. Yeah, but you may be retired, but you have not stopped having an impact, right? Tell us a little bit about your advocacy work. Of what I'm, well, what I've done in the past or now? T tell me, tell me what you're doing now, because I know, like, we were in the pool yesterday, and I heard some amazing stories about well, how you're fighting for what's best for kids. Yeah, one of my, well, I've gotten a little more engaged in state government work, and also a big thing for me was the ERA, and working with um, really wonderful women and teachers throughout the whole United, uh, all of Illinois, and we passed the ERA last year in Illinois, and now I just keep talking to people from the different states about what are we doing to get that last state for uh, me to finally be in the Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one big thing. Um, Another thing that I'm really focused on in my mind is the um, child detention centers. I can't handle everything politically. I can't stay focused on everything that's out there every day. But the one thing that keeps me focused is anything that impacts children. And so I, am, um, I have been to El Paso when Mandy did the teach-in for um, uh, child detention centers. And it was a wonderful day. She's going to do it again in Florida. Um, I'm excited because it's a teach-in, not a demonstration. A time for teachers to teach and for people who attend to learn. And um, we learned so much in El Paso, and now we'll learn more when she, they come back to Florida. So that's another big thing I'm doing. Yeah, that, that El Paso event um, was so powerful. Oh. Because, just as you said, there was so much information given. It wasn't... Uh, it wasn't I mean, of course, it was political in nature, but it wasn't um, partisan. It wasn't... No. Uh, railing against any particular part of the government. It was just information on how this is impacting children. Right. Um, what, were, what were some of your big takeaways from that event? Well, one was, um, and I'm not going to repeat every fact, sure. but the idea of we as Americans don't really understand the history of what's going on in the countries where in um, Central America where the people are coming from. What were the actual facts of how many children um, have been in detention? when it started, how it's all working now, the realities of what was going um, on in the detention centers. Uh, we heard from lawyers to actually tell us what the law is, what are law groups that are um, actually working to help the immigrants and the children that are in detention. Um, every year at Christmas, our fam, uh, my husband and I give our grandchildren, we have six beautiful, wonderful kids. Um, we give our grandkids one gift that is a donation in their name. And we typically have been giving it for schooling. Um, two years ago, it was for schooling of one girl to get a year of schooling in um, other parts of the world. And then we have a long conversation about it. And they each get a piece of paper to have in their room. So then this year, we didn't want to give up the schooling for the girls. But we um, donated to RAICES, I say it that way, RAICES, R-A-I-C-E-S, which is a group of lawyers in Texas who are working with immigrant children. And so in their name. So it gave us a chance when we were doing all the you know, abundance that we have and we're fortunate to have at Christmas for us to sit and talk and remember that there are kids and people across the world that don't have the same um, benefits that we have. So that's, an, that's something I work with my grandchildren. And um, I get ideas when I come here on what I can be doing as a grandmother and then what else I can do as a community member where I live. 
So I think you can see why Lynn is one of our favorite people, right? You know, she's just doing incredible work. Um, retirement has not stopped her from fighting for teachers and kids and what's best for all of us. Well, one thing I'd love to say about, um, I came, I always come here to this conference and I've been coming since 2010, I think 2009. The reason I come is because I get so inspired by all of the um, teachers that are doing amazing things. And, and what's fun is it's amazing, but they think it's just, that's just what I do. It's their normal life. And so that's one reason I come. I love to come to give the hugs to all the people I make as friends and stay on social media following what everybody's doing all year. And that inspires me. But I'm on now my, what is it? What have we been here? Just one full day of sessions? Right. I mean, we still got a day and a half to go. And I was sitting in a meeting on uh, today on STEM, and this thought hit me. I'm taking notes as a grandma, you know, and oh, I can do that activity and that activity. But then I thought, what can I do with all this? So I don't know if this will come to fruition, but I'm going to go home and do some more study, call some of the people that I've been talking to, and create some kind of a presentation of these multiple opportunities that we have here that could be done for schools. And so I'll start with my grandkids' school, where I have um, uh, got a relationship with the principal. My daughter's on the local school council for the school. And we also have, um, friend, I'm friends with some of the teachers over the years that my grandkids have been there. So I'm going to try and create a presentation of all those opportunities that we can, that I'm hearing about here. And asking the present, the principal, well, who are the teachers you think, uh, you know, would be interested? Can I pull together smaller groups that we can talk about some of these things? And if it isn't this year, let's put some seeds in their heads of what's going on. Because, you know, Empatico that I heard Melissa and um, uh, Michael talking about was, I mean, that is just in my head now that that's our future going to the STEM presentation to talk about how they can get training for teachers and and that's great. We've got the teacher leadership modules that Hilton and Story does. I'm so excited about all those things, but they're the best kept secrets. So okay. then I, I was talking to another colleague, Peggy Allen, and I said, okay, Peggy, if we put this together, how about if we did it in our homeschool district? So we could also go to, I'll go to my, where I live, I know those people. Right. And then my school district I taught in is a different one. So then I could just walk in there. I don't know them as well, knock on the door because I've been retired a while. Knock on the door and say, hey, you want to talk to me? <laughs> yes, they do. They just don't know it yet. Right. No pressure because yeah. I'm just saying, think about these things. So that's what's in my mind right now. How can I take what I'm learning here? And though I'm not connected to a school district, how can we then expand this to the schools in our state of Illinois? It's that same idea of concentric circles again, Mike. You know, one overlaps the other. All right, another great person's walked in the room, Anthony Grazillo, another Pennsylvania guy. That's right, Pennsylvania for the win. So Anthony, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I am Pennsylvania Teacher Year from 2014-15. I am a teacher librarian, and uh, I love everything that is just awesome in the world to share with my kids. So, what have you been? Your been? Let me let me say that again. We're live, so that's not going to be edited out. But what have, <laughs> what have been your big takeaways from the conference here? Um, well, uh, one is is that family. I think everybody probably talks about that a lot. It's, it's awesome being surrounded by the synergy of this this group of people that just infuses back into you all that energy that you get sucked out of you from 
teaching, <laughs> you know, because that's the one thing is, you know, your energy levels, so you have fuel tank that you can see sometimes going down. And when I get to go to conferences and stuff like that, it gets refilled. Mm -hmm. uh, and unfortunately, this year, the first real con con or conference I got to go to was ISTE, but it was after I was done teaching. I could have used that like two months ago to help me. But this one here, because of the, the caliber of people I'm surrounded by, it gets me jazzed and I'm ready for like September already. Like, yeah. And, it, and it'll, I'll keep that with me all summer, which is good. Uh, the other thing was the, the just the experience I had yesterday to work with the pre-service teachers, but they were high school students hoping to become teachers. It was one of the most fulfilling things I've ever gotten to do, period, just to have that kind of young energy. And as I think someone said yesterday, have hope for the people coming after us. Mm -hmm. You know, that type of thing is just unbelievable. Yeah. I heard that service day was pretty powerful. Yes. Why don't you explain a little bit about that for our audience? All right, so um, down here they have a high school that has a, a teaching program that's part of their experience. And it's a three-year program. They get into it as sophomores, and every year they learn more about uh, what it's like to teach and stuff. And they actually have them work with some younger students at one of the elementary schools uh, where they learn different techniques. And I've seen this done even in my own district, we have it, but it's not to the level that this is. These, these kids are getting out there and they're doing that and they're trying to teach tolerance and how to include everyone and make sure every, all the you know, differentiation happens and including everybody in that experience. Uh, and the hope is that you know, they leave high school already somewhat prepared to go on to a teaching college or university and become rock star teachers. And, so you could just hear the way these kids were talking about it already, that they had the passion, and now we just need to get them the pedagogy. Uh, you know, so it was just exciting to see that, and especially since, um, you know, I sometimes feel like the teaching profession in our country is not like it is other places. It's not a revered profession, but these kids knew that, and they don't care because they realize it's the most important profession there is because none of the rest exist without it. So it was cool that they already had that. Well, it's interesting because you know, Mike, um, Anthony's been here even for the pre-conference all the way through. So what are a couple of takeaways that you've experienced so far while being here? Um, from the pre-conference stuff? Any of it. Uh, any of it, well, just, you know, the, obviously the pre-conference is great because, you know, those people are just coming in here early and they chose to come early. Um, and that's always an interesting you know, thing to, to experience with them. Uh, obviously, getting to witness the uh, STEM fellowship, uh, the, the actual workshop was exciting because that was a culmination of so much work that we've done. And just to see it happening is exciting and, and just get you really pumped up for stuff. Uh, and then yesterday, obviously, you had the, the, the day of service and, and some, uh, the keynotes in the morning that were really good. And then just getting to this point today where there's been some really good workshops to pop into. Um, and about things that I wouldn't ever have thought I would be interested in as a teacher. Uh, the one I went into was about publishing and writing your own book. And, you know, I would never think to do that. But now I've seen so many of my colleagues that I have a lot of respect for do it. I'm going, you know what, maybe I do want to try to do that. So to have that opportunity to learn that and talk to people who are in that same spot is, is really cool. Yeah. And so uh, the last thing I'll say about Anthony before we let him go is, you know, at any conference, you know, there's the, there's the work, there's the... Um, networking and making sure that we're, you know, doing the doing the best we can to get things right for kids. But there's also, you know, a little bit of fun involved. And uh, I got the experience of being able to watch Anthony sing YouTube Pride <laughs> at the at the top of his lungs last night, uh, you know, at a piano bar. And that was, uh, 
he's got quite the voice there. So well, hopefully tonight we karaoke night. <laughs> Our last guests are Corey Bullman and John Jurovich. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Well, uh, this is John Jurovich. I am an art educator in Ohio. Uh, I was the 2018 Ohio Teacher of the Year, and I work in an elementary school. Hi, I'm Corey Bullman. I was the 2017 Minnesota State Teacher of the Year, and I teach 11th and 12th grade English in suburban Minneapolis. So what have, you, what have been the big takeaways from the conference here? The big takeaways from the conference, I think that what I took away from this conference last year and this year is you're getting to talk to teacher practitioners and often in educational circles, you go and you see hired guns come in who have a product or have a new innovation, but it's not necessarily from the teacher perspective. So to be able to talk to teacher practitioners that are excited about new practice, new ways of structuring schools, is always really invigorating. And just to make new connections, especially with teachers who maybe haven't an experience with teacher leadership conferences before, and just have those, those conversations with people that are seeing fresh ideas be put out um, in schools, I think is really empowering. And for me, um, I love the day of service and being able to be here. We're all here, teachers from across the country. Like we're all here and then be able to go out into schools and make an impact for those communities. Yesterday we went to a local school here in Orlando and we painted murals on the walls. And watching the kids that were there for summer school come into the cafeteria and say, Wow! And like, it's so colorful! And I mean, meanwhile, I'm like worried about like a drip that like went down the wall. And yet, these kids are just so thrilled. And for us to be able to be here, yes, we're here for this conference and to be here together and to learn from one another, but then to make an impact on the local community in, in a way that we're, I mean, we're leaving our artistic mark in a way for these students that when they come back in, this, in the fall, it's, it's going to brighten their lives up. And you know, one of the reasons why I love this conference is it allows us to get to speak with other educators and hear their teacher stories. Have you met anybody new that you're excited to connect with more? Have I met anybody new I'm excited to connect with more? Or heard a you great, know, even a great speech that you're like, mm, I need to know this person better. Oh, both of those things. Um, I, I think that uh, Michael and I were talking about this today, that often it's the conversations happening at the tables that you leave enriched by. Um, so absolutely, uh, it's been it's been really nice. We had a really nice conversation with a with an educator from South Carolina who had never been to a conference like this before, um, and we were talking about that idea of it, it was kind of, it was interesting because we were both state teachers of the year, and she said, "Well, no offense, but you probably aren't the people who need to be at a conference like this." And I said, "You're right." And so we started talking about those ideas of how do you add and foster in these professional development opportunities for teachers that are doing such good work in schools but maybe haven't been recognized at the level um, that we've had the opportunities to have recognized that. And so, yeah, it's, I, it's, I, I made nice connections last year, and I, I know I'll leave here on Saturday having done the same exact thing. There is a great um, presentation we went to this morning from a teacher from Connecticut who had us spend time writing. Instead of us like talking together, like to your table partner, it was spend time writing. And he told us many different ways to write about these really big topics. Like write about what it means to be a citizen. Write about what it means, uh, what equity means. Write about a global issue that, you know, is 
to, in your heart. And spending that time writing, and then in different ways. Some people wrote poetry, some people wrote like a dramatic uh, script. I'm an art teacher, so I drew pictures instead. And like that was even novel for the room, right? Like, oh no, you drew a picture. Let's take pictures of Stepping that picture. Stepping out of the box, everybody. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh no, the box. <laughs> so, um, so I think having, again, having those conversations and thinking about like, how am I describing equity, really, right? Having, having the time to reflect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. When you are a day-to-day classroom practitioner, you often don't have time to reflect. Mm-hmm. So to be able to get together with committed educators in a neutral place over the summer, I think is a really nice opportunity to get to reflect. And I think being in environments with new people as well adds fresh perspective. And it allows you to, it allows you to frame your own ideas uh, in a space that's safe and really is eliciting a lot of really, really rich conversations. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that I really enjoy about this conference in particular is because of the diversity of voices from different regions of the country. You know, we literally have someone here from, from every state. You know, all of us are doing what we can in our own local uh, local situations that is locally relevant and, and making sure that we're doing the best for our kids. But hearing those ideas of what's working in other places and being able to bring them back into your situation to make your state, your local district, your school better um, is something that always blows me away by this conference. So what are some of the things that you're going to bring back? I mean, even just like I had just shared, even those discussions about like, what do we mean when we say, like having those conversations as a school, uh, we have lots of conversations about our common vocabulary, but even these big words that are part of our educational landscape right now, like what do we mean as a school? What do we mean as individual teachers in this building when we say equity, when we say like these local issues like what are our local issues so that was a huge thing for me and even us like we're sitting there and then we'll be like oh my gosh we got to do this project together and what if we did this and what if we did this and so again having the space to be able to do that um and then making sure to write it down (laughs) and commit to following through and not just going back home after this and being like wait what was that what was that thought i had during that one presentation and luckily, you now have this network, even though you have your own classes for State Teacher of the Year, you've got now people that are new coming in your mm-hmm. network and expanding. You've got them on virtual speed dial through social media. Yeah. So it's nice that you can reconnect and say, hey, remember that thought? Let's take it to the next level. Well, I, I always tell my students in class, too, that content is forgettable, but skills are portable. And I think when you, when you come to a conference like this, it, the same principle holds true, that the ideas that are presented, you might not be able to... <laughs> You might not keep them all in mind, but the skills and the discussions you have become what you transport with you home. So when you have really deep conversations about, about philosophical issues such as equity, it really helps you to frame what that looks like, both at your local level and at the national level. So that when we go back into these classrooms in the fall, you go in really feeling like you have an understanding of where you want to take your school into the future. And I think that that is such an empowering part of, of NSTOY, it's an empowering, uh, empowering part of being involved in the National Teacher Program, is that you really do start to see yourself as a part of the solutions for educational issues, as compared to somebody who's just a passive observer, who has things happen to them. And I think sitting in these rooms with people that you know are committed to making educational change nationwide is is the coolest reason to come to a conference like this. Yeah. So I think that's a great place for us to kind of tie things together. Uh, This has been an amazing conversation with so many different voices. Um, But I I think 
for those of our, uh, for our listeners out there, this conference is not just for State Teachers of the Year. It's open right. to uh, any educator from, from anywhere, even internationally, that wants to come and learn in this kind of environment. So Diane, why don't you tell them how they can look at maybe getting here next year? So it's really fantastic and easy. It's just nstoy.org. That's N-N-S-T-O-Y dot O-R-G, nstoy.org. Did I spell it correctly? Yeah. N-N-S-T-O-Y. There we are. And you'll see the link for the conference. They should be announcing where we will be traveling somewhere in 2020s, but it's always in July, so kind of plan for July next year. And remember, this whole conference is to talk about national conversations of what's need to be done for education reform and to help teachers become leaders of their own. So one last thing before we go, and I know this, this has been a little bit uh, different format than we normally have on our podcast, uh, but since you two are here and you're our last guest, you're going to get our last question. So at the end of every podcast, we ask our guests to uh, answer this question in only one or two sentences. Okay? So you can choose who goes first, right? You know, advantage to the person who, who goes second, <laughs> right? You know. But if you could change education in some way to make the world a better place, what would you do? If I could change education to make the world a better place, I would want to instill in young people the idea that they have agency and they are part of the solution and that we need to help facilitate that change in our structure so that they know they are important and what they have to say is important. And I would say that for our students and our teachers, it's about global awareness and being aware that there's so many incredible people and cultures and experiences beyond just our local community. Thank you for joining us today. Please visit our website at edforbetterworld.com. That's ed, E-D, the number four, betterworld.com for show notes and to learn more about inviting Mike and I to lead a workshop for your teachers. And don't forget to check the other podcast related goodies. We'd like to thank all of the guests on the Today's Show at the National Teacher Leadership Conference. Credit for music on the show goes to Midair Machine. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation and that it gave you some new ideas and perspectives. Through education and action, we can create a better world. Until we're together again, continue to dream big. And affect positive change. <laughs>